Peace and blessings, good people, and welcome to Father Share the Podcast on Fatherhood in 20. Today, I'm your host, Fleming. I'm Miss Vaughn. And today, we got a cool, special guest. Uh, I want to welcome um, a good brother, good man, uh, Brother Michael Crystal. Welcome to, to the show. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> good evening. Good evening. Glad to be here. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right. So give us a little, little bit of background about, about you for our listeners. Yeah. So, uh, again, glad to be here with you this evening. Um, born and raised in Grenada, Mississippi. You're not sure if your audience even heard of a little small town. About 14,000, 15,000 people. Uh, alumnus of Mississippi State University. Uh, blessed to work for Kroger Supermarkets, the largest supermarket retailer in the country. I've uh, been with them 35 years. Currently serve as vice president of operation, lead a team of 22,000 employees out in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Also blessed to serve as international president of Phi Beta Sigma fraternity. Uh, actually, we've done that for the last four years. And in about seven weeks at our international conference in Myrtle Beach, I will be passing the torch on to our new president. But I tell you, the last four years have been an amazing experience for me. Uh, I remember when I was a student, at Mississippi State University, if someone had asked me uh, 39 years ago that I would one day be international president, I'd have said they were crazy as fill in the blank, whatever you might put after them. <laughs> uh, because that certainly was not on my radar. Right. Uh, all I ever wanted to do was uh, make my chapter in my community, in this case, the university community, and ultimately the city of Memphis and I had a chance to serve as regional director. All I wanted to do was just make a difference. Uh, but very humbled. Uh, in the 107-year history, we only had 34 men uh, to have that responsibility. Right, right. And you are among that list, so, you know, appreciate Congratulations. it. Congratulations. Yes. 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 My wife probably, I probably should do this. My wife probably would hit me on the jaw. I was married really going to tell you. I was and, like, um. Yeah, married for 34 years, and Blessed to have three beautiful children, uh, college sweetheart, uh, met my freshman year or our freshman year in school. And we dated for five years and got married uh, in year number five. Okay, good. Nice. I was just about to say, sir, you kind of missing something pretty big. And if you don't say this, um, (laughs) it may not end well for you. So, (laughs) The Lord's always with me. And there, you there you go. There he was you like, go. Michael, you forgot something. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. just a little, little, something a little bit important. But yeah. So um, my first question to you is, what was the style of parenting that you chose to mimic? Yeah. I never met my father. And as a result of me never meeting my father, I never had uh, a traditional father. When I say a traditional father, like I like to think I am for my children. Uh, I never had that experience uh, growing up. And and so when I think about, um, I remember when I was very young, 
I used to say when I, if I was blessed to be married and I'd have children, quality time with them and, and it's time for them to go to bed, we'd line up and they'd all go, good night, daddy, see you in the morning. Good night, daddy, see you in the morning. And I think I might've said that three times. That's maybe why I have three children. I think I said that, good night, daddy, see you in the morning. I never had that experience. And, you know, uh, my mom was like um, a very strong-willed woman who was very focused on taking care of her family and providing for her family and making sure we were good. I mean, we grew up in the projects. Um, if you would ask me what the projects looked like or felt like, I would have said we just stayed in the apartment uh, because if you saw them on good times or saw them on any of those kind of very tough environments, drug infested, that was not our experience. Now, again, small town, Grenada, Mississippi. Uh, but the, our reality was uh, food stamps were in the home, Growing up in the projects was real. Uh, but at the same token, and my wife and I used to talk about this because she came from, came from some pretty humble beginnings as well. Uh, never went to bed, kind of with the stomach wanting to eat, never needed clothes, uh, things were good. Mm -hmm. And my mother, I think, was very focused on making sure that she was providing. And so when I think about your question, you know, what kind of parenting style I wanted to provide, you know, I wanted to make sure I created a loving environment, but I also wanted to make sure I was creating uh, a great place and a great um, surrounding the best opportunity to provide for my children. Uh, and I've always worked extremely hard to do that. Uh, long term has always been something that's been important to me uh, and making sure that I was preparing for one. When my daughter was born in 91, two years later, uh, we started taking out investments to prepare for her uh, college experience, which would come, what, 17, 18 years later. Mm -hmm. And so I always wanted to provide, always wanted to make sure I was there, always wanted to be involved, always wanted to have presence and uh, worked very hard to do that. Okay. Okay. I, you know, as someone who, you know, my dad wasn't around initially for, I mean, well, he was around, but then my parents got divorced um, and he wasn't around, didn't come back into the photo and picture until I was eight. Um, and someone asked me this question before, given, given that was, was your experience as far as dad not being around, did you ever feel like you went to the far extreme to try to, you know, kind of compensate for for that factor, not for that factor, not being um, a, a case in your life with, with your children. Um, I don't think so. And the reason I say I don't think so, I would say that really thinking about my mother, uh, mm -hmm. my, mo my mother has always had a strong influence on my life. Okay. Uh, and if my wife was on the phone, she'd probably say maybe too strong because my mother was just a <laughs> strong-willed person. Uh, and she certainly created a nurturing and loving environment, but her primary focus was just making sure things were good. Right. And so that's been a driving force for me. And and I know when I, when I think about uh, supporting my children, being with my children, connecting with my children, that's always been paramount. Mm -hmm. uh, and when my when our third child was born, uh, Jalen was born with special needs. We were blessed. My career was moving pretty good. So we were blessed. So Marty didn't have to work anymore. And so she's been at home. Jalen is 14, be 15 this November. So she's been home 15 years. And, you know, when I've had to travel the country or if I've had to 
bounced around for my career. Um, as my cousin likes to say, Marty has been the real MVP. And what I mean by that, and what many mean by that, he's created an environment to allow me to do what I do to keep that stabilizing force within our family. Right. And, and so uh, that's worked for us. And, but I think that drive that I'm getting back to your question, that drive comes from my mother. Gotcha. And it has been supportive of me being able to do that, that allows our full family to have that balance. So uh, I don't think I've gone to the extreme and go, oh, my God, I didn't have a father in my life. I got to make sure I'm, I'm there for my kids. Right. I, I've made sure I was there for my kids. And me and my kids have had a lot of conversation about uh, my father being absent in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they recognize that. And I'm very blessed to have a really good relationship with my children as well yeah i've i've witnessed it and 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 it is indeed a joy to see um and whatnot so kudos kudos to you sir uh-huh. so you said you guys had questions about your father being absent i mean conversations what was those conversations and how did you approach that oh with my I know, mm-hmm. yes because i know with i know how my my parents had that conversation with us. So I just kind of want to know, like, how did you have that conversation with your kids? Um, for me, it was um, it was really rooted in our church experience, you know. Uh, I remember, and I've really struggled with my dad not being in my life because, you know, it's one of those things I think right. you just try to wonder, what's that all about? Right. But I would never forget, and this is a long answer to your question, but I never forget uh, my pastor preached a sermon, and the sermon was titled, Daddy, Why Did You Leave Me? Mm. Yeah. And in the middle of that sermon, either at the beginning or the middle, I can't really remember. I remember the experience. don't remember the timing. Sure. Uh, but um, he asked for all the members of the church who uh, didn't have a father in their life. And my kids, <laughs> my kids, were, we laugh about this now. Uh, they said, Daddy, before Pastor could get that all the way out, you had already ran down to the uh, uh, to the altar. Wow. And I mm. remember that because I was like gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and then we just talked about We had talked about it a little bit before, but we talked about it a lot after church that day. And Pastor's message was, um, you know, while your earthly father might have been gone, mm-hmm. your heavenly father has always been there for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I look back over my life, you know, and all the environment I just talked to you about what I grew up in, mm-hmm. uh, and then my life could have turned out a whole different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it really could have. Yeah. Uh, now I had some male figures as I go back and look. You know, I was I was a boy scout. I had a scout master who was involved. If you think about good times. Uh, if you think about a Mr. Buckman, if you're familiar with good times, mm-hmm. uh, then there was a Mr. Green who was kind of like Mr. Buckman, who mm-hmm. I kind of had a little relationship with. Okay. Uh, and so there were some there were some male figures around, but um, it was no doubt in my mind as I became of a responsible thinking person that the way I got through my experiences was God was with me and I just really didn't know it. Mm-hmm. And Pastor preached that sermon so strongly and, and so vividly that uh, it just really resonated with me. And Lauren and Brandon, there was no Jalen at that time. And I talked a lot about that. Okay, okay. How many people came to the altar? I'm sure it was, oh, a, lot. It was a lot of people. Uh, was a lot. <laughs> I mean, it's no secret in our community, and you certainly want to be a better example, right? right. There's no secret in our community. Unfortunately, so many of men uh, have had either 
not knowing who their father, my example, or to yours, Chris, uh, maybe have known their father, but, but still was absent. Part of our responsibility, even in the fraternity, which is one of the reasons I'm so passionate about mentoring. Mm-hmm. I think it's a little personal for me. Mm-hmm. I think it is. Uh, but I also believe we just have a responsibility to whom much is given, much is required. But also, mm-hmm. if you're blessed mm-hmm. to have children, how do you break that generational curse? And mm-hmm. so for me, it's all about me saying, I never knew who my father was, but I was very committed that my children wouldn't have that experience. And since mm-hmm. they won't have that experience, then there's a real good chance their children won't have that experience. Mm-hmm. So it started with me and it will end with me. Right. And that's what mm-hmm. I was committed to. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's funny that you would say that I had that uh, similar conversation and one of my, uh, one of my good friends uh, was like my brother had to chin check me because I was a little bit worried. You know, I was, I definitely, you know, as, as men, we, we worry, you know, we, we worry, we think, you know, are we doing a good job? Are we doing the right thing? I, I had one of those moments and uh, he was telling me, he said, you know, he said, why, why are you tripping? And I said, well, because I'm like, he said, well, think about it. He said, think about, about what well, he said. I know you think about what you had to go through. And when he, when he put it into that perspective, cause I clearly remember, and my mother tells a story, um, of me walking into our living room, our, our apartment, um, that we were in back in Oakland. And I asked her if I was illegitimate because we didn't talk about my dad. There were no photos of my dad, although there were photos in the photo album. I never looked. When my, when my friend told me, he said, you know, he said, your son is never going to have to ask that question because you've been here, you know, and you remain, you know, you remain a very active part, part of his life. And when he broke that down, I was like, damn, you know what? Yeah. OK, great. I have done that because I saw the same thing happen with my father and his father and that disconnect, you know, and I definitely did not want to want to continue that that on. So totally connect, totally understand that that piece. Um so now, as far as special bonding activities with, with your kids, what, what do those look like? Yeah, uh, my form of entertainment is uh, movies. Um, I love watching movies, and uh, we're blessed at our home in Atlanta. We got a big theater media room down in the lower level, so uh, okay. we get a chance to go down and do that. And, and we do that because when we were, you know, well, I guess I could say when I was younger, too. I was ready to say when we were young, <laughs> like I grew up with them, right? Uh, but I was younger. I was younger at the time. Uh, but that was our thing. You know, we were, that was back through the VHS days. We just used to always watch movies. We were making movies. Uh, and so uh, we love when we're at home together. Uh, my kids are obviously older now, but when they come back for the holidays or whatever, you're going to find us downstairs watching movies. Uh, Brandon and I, uh, I love playing ping pong when I was a kid, uh, showed Brandon how to play it. So he and I are playing ping pong, uh, Jalen and I are usually out in the backyard. He likes to play a little badminton. Uh, so we have some individual things, uh, right. but, but as a group, uh, watching movies, that's our thing. Okay. So what do you do with your daughter then? Cause I heard, you know, the two boys, I was like, hold on, as a girl, I'm like, okay. No, no, no. Here, here, great question. Uh, if Lauren was in here right now, she and I would just be talking about any and everything. Um, Lauren now, Brandon is more like his mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and Lauren is more like a daddy. Okay. Uh, I'm not a liar. She wouldn't, wasn't really like a daddy's girl type thing, uh, but she has a lot of my personality. Mm-hmm. And so we find ourselves uh, being on the phone, talking a lot. Right. Any and everything. I love the relationship I have with my daughter because we talk about pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, but I'd say more talking than laughing. 
Um, that's what I would say with my daughter. Okay. Uh, she, was one, she was my firstborn. I used to take right. her around when I was a store manager. Okay. Okay. And so on Wednesday, she's even in the business. She's Good. a district manager for Frito Lay. Okay. And okay. Talk about that now and say, I was destined to do this, Daddy, because on Wednesdays on my days off, uh, I'd take her around, uh, go by and visit the store, just kind of see what was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were going through pictures, getting ready for the conclave. And there were so many pictures I had of her when she was very young at the store, right. hanging out at the store. So uh, we were always just together and we laugh and talk about stuff like that now. Okay. Okay. I was just about to say, as a firstborn of my dad, and I'm his favorite, I was about to say, sir, I need to know, like, yeah, I am I am his favorite. Like, I am. <laughs> I know you are. I know you are. <laughs> Lauren says Brandon is my favorite. I said, why would you say that? She said, he just says, she, she says, you let him get away with everything. I said, really? <laughs> oh, you probably do. Yeah. You probably do. I told her, I said, I think you're my favorite. I don't think so. <laughs> and Jalen just looks at all of them and say, clearly I'm not his favorite. <laughs> I would argue between the two of you. Uh, too funny too funny yeah well you know me i only i just have the one so i'm 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 good that that is my favorite it is my favorite you know i haven't choked him out yet how was side side question and i know this this was it uh this is definitely out of out of nowhere um the teenage years how tough was that um you didn't dealt with it twice and you're getting ready to deal with a third with my kids yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I didn't know if you were asking about me. My kids. Yeah, you know, no, as yeah, far as raising your kids. Yeah. So I actually didn't have tough kids, but what I'm pausing on is if, if I would probably get closer to your question, it'd probably be Brandon when he was uh, maybe not teenager as in young teens, like mm-hmm. high school, but more college teen. Gotcha. Gotcha. Right? Okay. Really? Yeah. Brandon. And if he was on the call, I think he would go, yeah, Dad, it's okay. You can talk about it. Uh, <laughs> and if not, he'd go, really, Dad? Um, Brandon, Brandon was uh, a really, really, really good kid, really good student. Uh, whatever you probably would have wanted in a in a male kid, he was delivering all of that. Mm-hmm. When he got off to college, he kind of had that really good experience for like the first year and a half, two years. And then he woke up one morning and realized he was a young man. Mm. And then he had to find himself. Gotcha. And that was probably like his junior year. Okay. And so he had a pretty tough experience during his junior and senior year. Mm-hmm. Uh, changed his major, um, started doing things that kids do in college. Right. Uh, that he had never experienced uh, pre, pre-college or pre-junior year. I mean, mm-hmm. he started doing unique things in high school. He was yeah. not that guy. If I think about a 13 or 14 year old teenager, teenager, Lauren or Brandon, they were just normal kids. Okay. Uh, but okay. Brandon, Brandon kind of found himself a little bit when he was about a junior in college. And he and I had to work our way through uh, stabilizing himself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I like that stabilizing this. Right, right. But I do want to ask you something. Um, you said that your youngest Jalen, he has special needs. Mm-hmm. With Jalen, has there been a different approach that you've taken in how you are with your other two kids than how you are with Jalen? 
You know, I give my I give my wife a lot of credit with Jalen, as you recall in my intro. And I tell you, Marty has just done a phenomenal job of just not just being engaged. That's going to be too easy, uh, but really being there and active and engaged in, in school and making sure his IP was correct and making sure that the support around uh, the school system was good. Uh, and so all of that nurturing and support was there. Uh, but when you ask the question around, hey, Michael, did you have to approach Jalen differently? Man, if you were to, if you were to walk in the room and Jalen was in here, he would be that same 14-year-old kid over there playing video games and doing the same normal things that mm-hmm. kids do at that age. You would see him kind of speak a little differently. You would see his physical structure be a little bit smaller than normal. He has Down syndrome, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, would, you would see some physical um, um, differences. Uh, but as far as quality of life and state of being and awareness and playing and laughing, you're probably not going to meet a more loving person than Jayla. He wants to watch cartoons. He wants to do videos. Uh, whatever else everybody else is doing, that's what he wants mm-hmm. to do as well. Got it. Got okay. it. Okay. Okay. No, no, ex- no extreme exceptions. And yeah. one of the crystal traits, uh, all of us, I don't do it as much. And this is even pre my family. Uh, we all used to like to stay up all night doing whatever we like to do all night. Mm-hmm. Jalen likes to do that as well. <laughs> it's like a night out. Really? Yeah. Got it. <laughs> Daddy, no school tomorrow. Why I got to go to bed? Right. <laughs> Why, why is he staying up? What, 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 <laughs> what are you doing? Good. good. His favorite when we talk, Daddy, how was work? Mm-hmm. That's his favorite question. Daddy, what, how was work? <laughs> I was like, well, not to work today. But still, Daddy, how was work? Right. <laughs> I love it. Good, good, good. So now, so I, I tell I tell people, you know, having having gone through this journey uh, myself is where it is. This next question comes from. So for you, even though you have never met your dad, have you forgiven him? You know, um, I don't know forgiving um, because I think I think when you if you find yourself in a position to forgive it suggests that you got to have an opportunity uh, to meet and connect, right? Okay. At least for me. Uh, I hope that makes sense. True. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I struggle with the whole experience of not having a father. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it truly was not until I, I shared with you that sermon. It truly was not until I heard that sermon, received that sermon, mm-hmm. and it resonated with me that I felt like some of that weight from that absence was taken away from. Sure. Because uh, I think about Michael Baisley, our director of social action. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's public in his um, conversation, so I'm, I don't feel like I'm speaking out of turn. Uh, to meet his father later on in life. Mm-hmm. And it's turned out to be a very good experience for him. Mm-hmm. I suspect if I was fortunate enough to meet my father, I've kind of not let it go, but I've re- I think I've parked it where it's not a huge negative for me anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, as I feel like I have, uh, that would create an opportunity for some conversation as opposed mm-hmm. to some frustrations, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. 
And so, yeah, yeah. But I, now I will say this. Mm-hmm. I think if I hadn't had that sermon and not had the uh, experience of where I was spiritually, I don't know that it could have been, it, it could have potentially have been as good as, as I'm describing it. I hope right. that makes sense. No, it does. Um, it, it's funny when you said sermon, because the same thing happened for me. I was I was going to, I was attending Reed Temple uh, at the time up, up this way. I re- Reverend Watley at the time, he said, you know, he said, I want you to think about the person who you feel that has wronged you, you know, and who has severely hurt you. And he said, and I want you to think about are you really ready to move forward if you never got an apology from that person? Are you really ready to to move forward with life and just let it go? And I really had to think about that, about that statement um, in in its entirety. Um, and, you know, I, I've said it a few times before on several uh, previous episodes, but, you know, my father and I had about three times where, several, well, not three, but several times where we literally just didn't talk for like three years or, good, or, or so, you know, um, and just out of stubbornness, angerment, you know, and, and as I've gotten older, I definitely realized that it, there's, there's really no benefit in in anger because it it, it can rob you um, because you you can get hung up on on that and it's just like oh okay um, so you know so but but I totally understand you know as you said I had that opportunity you know my father and I definitely got to a much better place um, you know after having about a good well over six hour conversation uh, one night when I was back back home in uh, in Louisiana visiting and so you know we we had that opportunity to to clear that to clear that that air so that's that's that so i to, to, totally understand stand where you're coming from with as far as your answer um is concerned in addition to that um i know we talk talk a lot about you know as as you being being a member of five eight sigma and you know of course i know your son is as well um so your legacy right um what will be your for you what will be your legacy that you're um so literally your legacy for you personally your legacy for you as a father and then your legacy for you professionally within the organization. Yeah, so as a person, I've always stated that these are my guiding principles. Mm-hmm. Um, your faith is very important. You got to be grounded in something larger than yourself, mm-hmm. and you got to you got to have a covering uh, that that keeps you grounded uh, with a strong moral compass. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. Uh, so I always say it's my faith, it's my family, it's my career, and, if, and this is me talking to my fraternity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's my fraternity. And I say the fraternity gets what's left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason I say it gets what's left is if I'm not uh, a good person, if I'm not taking care of my family, and uh, if I don't have a career that's providing for that, that creates the discretionary income for me to invest in the fraternity, then I'm not going to be able to really be a good signal man. Sure. And so I tell collegians, I tell young alumni, and even mature alumni like myself, um, you take care of all those top three before you take care of the fraternity. And if you have to step away, then step away. Mm-hmm. Because uh, for me, that's most important. You got to have that balance. And so when I think about what I try to convey to people I mentor, people uh, I'm connected with, and certainly to my children, 
Um, I try to lay that kind of a foundation for them. And I think Marty and I have done a really good job of delivering that. Um, and so that, that would say my, that would be my legacy uh, as an individual. Mm-hmm. Uh, you said professionally within the fraternity, you know, I could sit there on this call and talk about the things we've been blessed to do during my 10 years of leader in the fraternity, which would be beyond just me serving as president. Sure. I've been blessed to serve in really key roles in the organization. Uh, but if you challenge me to answer in a very broad sense, legacy of the fraternity, as I prepare to exit my presidency, I would say that I think I've done a really good job of laying a really good foundation for the fraternity for the future. Mm-hmm. I think we're very well positioned to do some amazing things long-term. And I, as I really went about doing the work in the fraternity the last four years, it was always rooted in conversation on, think about what five Beta Sigma is gonna look like 20 years from now, 30 years from now. That's gonna be the culture that we're creating now. And, and I think we've done a good job of positioning that. Way more work to do to solidify it, but mm-hmm. we've done a really good job of, of uh, um, uh, positioning it. And then when I just think about, um, you know, being a dad, man, um, I say this all the time. I've been blessed to have many roles as a leader, um, president of the fraternity, vice president of a Fortune 17 company. Uh, I mean, with respect, a big ass job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've served as chairman of the board of directors of the National Urban League Memphis affiliate in Memphis. So I've led in many places. But the one job that I love and the one that I never had an opportunity to experience myself mm-hmm. as a kid is the title of being a dad. Um, it's really nothing like that. Um, and it's one of those things that you don't really know. You think about uh, serving as vice president for Kroger. I got a lot of training to achieve that. I didn't just wake up one morning and I was vice president of Kroger. You know, even being international president for Sigma, I got a lot of training to get prepared for that. Right. In my case, not only is there, there's really not a, you know, a best practices for parenting that's really not there. Mm-hmm. But in my case, I didn't even have the role model of the example because I didn't have a dad. And then, you know, you didn't really have that book to read to understand. So if there was something called trial by fire, it really was. And you're just trusting your instinct and you kind of have a real good idea of, man, this is kind of what I want to see. And you're, and you're very hopeful, too, but particularly when you have to release them. What does that mean? When they become those teenagers you're talking about. And all of a sudden, they're not in your presence like they were as uh, toddlers and um, a younger age than even teenagers. And so you just trust them. And then when they grow up and you start, like uh, Siobhan was asking, those activities, you start just kind of hanging out. And particularly my kids now, you know, Lauren is 29, uh, Brandon is 25. So, I mean, their thoughts are very similar to mine. The careers are going They're They're talking about 401ks. They're talking about investments. And you're like, wow, you set the stage for that. And mm-hmm. you're excited about that. And, and then you, you move on past that and you just start talking about life. And you, you don't, you don't know how to do that. It just kind of happens, but it didn't just kind of happen either. Mm-hmm. You back up and you start bringing that analytical mind and you go, well, that, we started doing that when she was a kid. Mm-hmm. We started doing that when I was at the store with me and mm-hmm. showing her what I was doing 
And that obviously got an interest in her because she likes telling the story. Um, and so I think about my legacy with my children. I wanted to create a loving environment for them. The father was in the house. I wanted to showcase a man who they could be proud of as a man who happens to be their dad. I wanted to showcase to them uh, what a professional man looks like, what success looks like, and how do you prepare for tomorrow? Lauren and Brandon, we talk a lot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm proud of the relationship I have with my children. I'm proud of, you know, if you see Brandon out of Conclave or a regional conference, yeah, he's the president's son, but we're just hanging out. Right, right. Hanging out, we're just laughing and talking and doing us just like anybody else is doing. So I'm just appreciative of the relationship we have and very proud of them. Proud of my wife. My wife is just, she's an amazing mother, an amazing mother. Loves being a mother. Loves it. I think that was her dream job. Right. Right, right. Amazing mom. And uh, she's uh, just done a phenomenal job with uh, all three of them. Uh, And my wife is actually... Uh, I've shared this with the fraternity. My wife is actually battling uh, breast cancer right now. Mm. Uh, she's kind of coming on the other side of it. Uh, but she's been such a trooper during that experience as well. Um, just an amazing woman. But I think we have an amazing family as well. Yeah. I would, I would, well, from, from my side and from what I've seen, I would definitely agree with you on that. You do have an amazing family. Um, and so appreciate, I appreciate seeing all of that, you know, um, cause again, much like you, I didn't grow up seeing that. So it was, it was a, there was a, uh, article I was reading and this lady made a comment and she said, you know, um, becoming a parent is the one job that you can get that requires you to have no, no type of experience, you right. know, right. No type of, no type type of training, no nothing, it, but, you know, but it is that, that one job that you can't have. Um, and it is, and it is challenging, you know, it is challenging. And like I said earlier, you know, you have those moments where, you know, you, you, you want to make sure that you're doing it right. You know, you're doing pulse checks and things of that nature. I know when, when the kiddo first started entering to those, to those teenage years, you know, um, and I found myself having, you know, some of those, some of those, uh, issues with, with raising a teenager, like I called Scott. <laughs> yeah, I say, there's a lot of support. Right. Yeah. Just a lot, have book. Support. a lot of support system out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I called Scott, I called Daryl, you know, I called Steve cause I was just, I just had questions. I'm like, okay, I know, I know y'all children are like older, you know, like they've, they've going on. So what, what, how do I handle this? You know? And they definitely, uh, for, for the most part, everybody laughed at me. They were like, you know, they're like, yeah, you, this is, this is typical, you know, um, typical thing, thing that, that, that we all go through. So, uh, so I was appreciative of that, that, uh, having, um, them to, to, to lean on in that moment and, and get that, that, that advice. Um, I know you mentioned mentor mentoring, and I know that it's definitely something that is, is close to, to, to your heart. Um, so I want to give you a few minutes to go ahead and talk about, um, Sigma Beta Club. You know, and 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 how how much you know, and you can tell when when you talk about it, right? Like you can tell that it's definitely something that is near and dear to you. Um, so what 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 is what what is that for for you? Yeah. So I, you know, if I had to go subconsciously, I'd say it's kind of rooted in this whole conversation we're having tonight, mm-hmm. which is um, I didn't have a father figure in my life, but man, I had so many people around me who were investing in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so 
when I think about um, our fraternity and I think about who we are, college-educated professional men, and then I'm reminded to whom much is given, much is required, then I'm also inspired to go, okay, what are we doing with this? Mm -hmm. Um, This organization, the Beta Club, was founded in 1950, and I felt like as president, and when you think about trying to drive change in the community, Mm -hmm. um, you have an awesome opportunity to do it through people. And if that's true, then you could even scale that impact because if you're raising up a community to be a better community, then you probably want to start with kids and the people within that community. Mm -hmm. And so when we came in, I said the centerpiece of our programmatic focus area would be our Sigma Beta Club. And the reason it would be is because we had an awesome opportunity to change the lives of these young men which I believe would ultimately change the communities that we serve. And again, I'm thinking long-term. Right. Mm-hmm. So we went from mentoring about 900 students to currently now mentoring over 4,200. Wow. And, and we've done it in a very systematic and very structured way. I believe as a leader, it's great to have vision, but what's even more impactful than that is you got to have people who have the talent, the skill sets, and the passion. And we were fortunate to get Brother Janaba Williams, who kind of eats, sleep, and breathes. Breathes, sleep, and breathes, yeah. 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 <laughs> He's all over it. Right. And he brought that same energy that I was in search of, and we just scaled that thing. And boy, when we scaled it, the chapters got involved with it. Uh, they were passionate about it. And we coined a phrase that we really brought to life, and that was a trilogy of of change. Mm-hmm. And that trilogy of change is five to segments saying we're going to start mentoring 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds. And our hope is to not only inspire them to graduate high school, but to graduate with honors and go off to college. And if we're fortunate, they will join five to Sigma fraternity. Right. Which will create an opportunity for us to continue to mentor them. If they graduate from college, Phi Beta Sigma men will play a major role in supporting them in providing gainful employment. Mm -hmm. And they will ultimately join an alumni chapter. So we'd have an opportunity to continue to mentor them. And so that's what that trilogy of change is all about. And it really started with that kid who was about 10 years old. And we've been Mm -hmm. in their life from that level of inception. So appreciative that the fraternity embraced it. Uh, Appreciative that we were fortunate to find a person who had the talent, the passion, and the skill sets, and appreciative that we've been able to really drive some sustainable impact as well. Good. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, definitely, you know, my son is a Sigma Beta. Um, I know Siobhan's nephew is a Sigma Beta, so um, that's a that's a that's a good thing. Um, and that 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 connectivity and building those partnerships, so that that is indeed a great thing. We are nearing the time, um, but I want to do real quick. Any final final words for you? You know, to to the audience. What what would you? What would be be your advice or that you would say to to a young brother um, period or, or brother period you know who may find themselves in a position of becoming a father that did not have a dad around mm-hmm. yeah so uh, first I would say if you got some single moms out there listening uh, man hats off to you uh, talk about making a difference uh, you're doing it and you're doing it with I suspect 
very little support, but you're making a difference. And so a huge compliment to you in that regard. Um, to fathers or young men or uh, young alumni, um, fatherhood is a huge responsibility. And as you think about that huge responsibility, uh, know that there was no book there. Uh, you have a commitment. And that's what I got from my mother. Mm-hmm. You have a commitment to an individual. Mm-hmm. And this individual is dependent upon you. Mm-hmm. And right now, this individual don't really even know what's going on. But somehow or another, they feel your presence. They sense that level of engagement. And they know that you're taking great care of them. Mm-hmm. Don't disrespect that. Mm-hmm. That would be my advice. Don't disrespect that. And as, as as heavy as I'm making it right now, mm-hmm. also don't lose sight of this fun, loving experience that you're going to have as well. So much fun you're going to have. So such a great relationship you're going to have. Such goofy stuff you're going to do. <laughs> and 10, 15, 20 years from now, you and that kid are going to be laughing about that stuff. Yeah. And so don't lose sight of all of that as well. And so... And I think that's what fatherhood and motherhood is all about. It's truly about a relationship that you are so proud of. Think about when you think about when you see a mother and their kid, a father and their kid, and they're not aware that you're paying attention to them. Mm-hmm. What that relationship is like. Yes. And that's and I'm saying that to this father to be. Man, you're going to love that. Uh, it's nothing more exciting to me than my son or my daughter texting me and saying, hey, dad, just checking in. What's going on? How you doing? Mm-hmm. Or, or are we getting on the phone and we're just talking for two hours about nothing? Right. Yet talking for two hours. That's what, to me, what fatherhood is really all about. And so um, I don't know that you see all of that when the media is talking about it. Right. You right. saw that when people are describing it. Um, but that's what the experience is like. And last thing, the vision that we've attempted to create for the fraternity is a brotherhood of conscious men actively serving our communities. And I spent a lot of time talking about what conscious means. Webster says conscious means that you're aware. So we're very intentional on making sure our members know that we're conscious fathers, we're conscious husbands, we're conscious servant leaders within the community. And so when we talk about being conscious, I want our young brothers, our young people to know that not only do we celebrate all the fun things we were just talking about, I tend to believe college-educated professional men in 2021, and I say this with respect, is still an exception. And so because of because of that, we have a responsibility to live up to that mantra of being conscious husbands, conscious fathers, and conscious servant leaders. And I'm really proud of our fraternity for that, because I think we're really working towards becoming yeah. just that. Right. Uh, and even in our conversation tonight, we've, in our own unique way, Chris, we've blended in our conversation around our kids. Yeah. Even in your questions, but even outside of your question, we've still found our way to go back to uh, give examples of what that relationship is like. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I see that in so many cases 
brothers doing that through social media, seeing brothers bringing their kids to fraternity events and being intentional on it. So I'm really proud of that. But yeah, uh, I would say, man, if you're if you're thinking about, oh, my God, being a dad or, oh, my God, my dad wasn't there. Man, think, wow, I can't wait for the experience. Right. That's what I would hope that you would be in search of. Right. Cool. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Vaughn, did you have anything you'd like to add? No, sir. No, I'm not coming after that. (laughs) I'm not either. We're gonna we're gonna end it right 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 there. Well, sir. But you know what? I would. I just want to say something real quick. As as a girl who um, my father's father was not in his life. Um, he ended up finding his family because his father ended up passing during that time. But to say that I have never known a day in my life without my father and just to know um, how even to this day, even when I come home, I always have to make sure that um, he's the one responsible for picking me up and taking me to the airport. He takes it very seriously. Nobody else can do that job. They have to literally get permission from him in order to somebody else to do it. So what I'm saying all that to say is as the daughter, what you have done has really shaped your trip. You see a little bit now, probably really won't see everything of it, but just know that everything you've done has really shaped how your kids are, how they think, how they look at the world and everything else. So Kudos to you and your wife on being partners in raising your trio. So, yeah, I just wanted to say that. Thank you. That's very nice of you to say that. Thank you very much. Cool, cool. Well, with that, sir, thank you very much for taking your time this this evening to come and chop it up with us. Um, Definitely, you know, welcome back. Anytime you feel like you want to come and chop it up, doors always open. I might have a little extra time on my hands when I'm not in, as president, so I might take care of them. Hey, that's fine. That's fine. We could, we could, we could make. We always here. Yeah, nah, we, we do yeah, always here. We always You know, if 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 hopefully, you know, as you were talking about the whole fact of of conscious dads, and this will be the piece that I add. You know, I I hope that if there should be some type of initiative like that within the next administration, you know, um, I would more than happy be on that team. So that's all I'm going to say, because that that just, you know, this this has become very much a platform that is near and dear um, to to my heart and just simply because of um, personal experiences and just the, like you said, as far as the media is concerned, you know, the things that we don't see, um, the things, the conversations that we don't talk about definitely have um, these conversations uh, in the forefront um, as a community and make, you know, make one another accountable um, for, 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 for our actions. So if, so if we're not stepping up to, to the plate, we need to definitely make sure that people are there to um, tap that person on their shoulder, you know, or set or step in, in that person's absence, you know, and, and help those kids out. Because as we always know, you know, kids don't ask to be brought here. You know, that's, that's the choice that, that we make as, as parents, you know? Um, so, yeah. And that's my two cents on that. So, that's it. That's just it. Two cents. That's it. Just okay. You know, yeah. didn't bring a knuckle. We just brought two pennies. <laughs> and I truly did not. Just, just two.
Thank you for listening to our show. Make sure you visit our website at fathershould.org. Follow us at Fathershould Podcast on Facebook and Instagram and at Fathershould underscore PC on Twitter. 